Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. We're back here on the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I'm Joe DeLeo and joined by Ryan Roberts. We've got another position ranking coming your way. We're getting really close to the NFL Draft. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and also you hit that like button if you're watching the video version. You don't want to miss out on any of the remaining position rankings. Maybe you want to go check out some of the old ones. And then at the same time, we've got some fantastic interviews that have been dropping with Prospects that fit all over this draft class. So again, go check all of that out. Today, we are diving into a position group that has a lot of depth, some really nice top-end talent, one of the best position groups of the class, that being the tight end group. Ryan, we're both very excited here to talk about these tight ends. I think we both know who's going to be at the top, but in general, I think you can agree that this 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 grouping has some, some potential day, not day one starters, but in general high upside starters in the NFL. Yeah, I think there's a bunch of starters. I mean, I, I could I could I could see a path for all five of my top five lists to be starters within the first two seasons. I, I think that that's very reasonable. And I Joe, I mean, generally speaking, this is one of the deeper classes that we have in the 2023 yeah. NFL draft, in my opinion. Like, I mean, there's guys on my list, not to, you know, break news here, but like Will Mallory is a talented kid, right? four five something at the combine luke shoemaker is a really nice blocking tight end out of michigan Payne Dorham's a guy that i know you've talked about before as far as you know can have a second option in a passing game you know like there's mm-hmm. there's good football players man Bretton strange is a guy from penn state leonard taylor from cincinnati is interesting josh wiley from cincinnati is interesting davis allen from clemson like there's guys i think that will they'll be able to succeed in specific roles at the next level but I think when we're talking about these five today, we're talking about potential starters and a couple of potential impact players, I think, on the next level is kind of what we're looking at with these types of lists. Now, speaking of an impact player, my first guy at number five to kick us off here, Ryan, I've got Luke Musgrave from Oregon State, who is a little bit of a darling of the class. He's the one of the media consensus guys that's watch out for this guy. He's a great athlete. Was hyped up a lot going into the combine, the senior bowl. I don't think he really lived up to all the hype that was dished out to him. Oh, man. He, helps, he helps me beat your butt in the RAS battle, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear it, um, which we got to address at some point. We yes. will address at some point. Um, he has also been brought up as maybe a late first-round pick. I don't see that with Luke Musgrave. But yeah. what you do get with Luke Musgrave is a guy who's a great linear athlete. A guy who has uh, just such great athletic traits. Not the best at redirecting, which kind of yep. tends to happen with these these linear tight ends. But if you want to attack a defense deep, Luke Musgrave is the guy that can do it at the tight end position. I also have to add in there, this is purely a flex tight end. Uh, Luke Musgrave for me has little to no value as a blocker. Yep, did so just such little impact in college at that. And then the other thing worth noting with, with Luke Musgrave was injured most of the year. Yep. So that does have to come into account for his projection because we only had two games to evaluate this guy and that was it. And he had a chance to shine at the the senior bowl and had spurts, but not a fully consistent week. So that's what I'm going off of. 
that's why I've got Luke Musgrave at number five. Yeah, I mean, Musgrave did make my list. He's a little bit higher than you, just slight. But I think we have very similar opinions on him as far as he's a very linear athlete. I mean, but first and foremost, mm-hmm. Joe, I mean, very interesting profile. I mean, 6'5 and 7'8, so 6'6, 153 pounds, 10 and 3 eighth inch hands. He's got big hands, 32 and 5 inch, inch arms, and a 79 and a half inch wingspan. So this kid's long, and he's very explosive in a straight line, man. I mean, he can get to top speed relatively quickly in a straight line. He can really run the seams, and he is a tough guy to match up for, for linebackers and safeties in the slot, like with the length and the just straight line speed that he has. To your point, though, and the reason that I keep copying him to Mike Kosicki is that he's not going to ever be a route runner. He's not. He doesn't no. change direction very well. He's not super flexible. But as a mismatch linear tight end, I'd get there with a man. Like only two games this off this past season, Oregon State due to injury. So very limited sample size, but he has redeeming traits in a specific role. I also agree, like Kasicki, a little bit high cuts, doesn't have the most power profile from a from a lower body perspective. So he does struggle in line blocking. He has efforts, which is good, but he just does not have the power profile to be consistent mm. in line player. There's no doubt about that. So I actually had him as my number four overall player. So we'll we'll talk about him, I guess, in a little in a little bit here, a little bit further. But lots to like about him. The nephew of Bill Musgrave, who's a longtime NFL assistant coach. He's been around football his entire life. His dad is also a, a coach, I think on the high school and college level, if I remember correctly. And he's got a lot of redeeming athletic traits, which is why he came at number four. Number five for me was actually Sam Laporta from Iowa. I, I think oh. I think for me, man, like I don't love Laporta. But I think he's just very solid football player. And he actually tested a lot better than I thought. I mean, he ran four five nine at the combine, so like he was moving a little bit, man. And he's six three and three four, so not the. I mean, uh, six three and three eighths. Excuse me. So you know, just shy of six foot three and a half, two hundred forty five pounds, thirty two and an eighth inch arms. So like not the longest guy in the whole world, but he's got good sized hands. I actually do think he's a little bit a bit inconsistent from a pass receiver perspective as far as his hand usage. And just his ability to corral the football on a snap to snap basis. But he's got some nice movement skills, man. I think he's a guy that kind of fits that modern yak role. There's a lot of nice upside of him in uh, as far as his ability to win after the catch. Blocking wise, a lot of effort, solid, unspectacular, but he puts himself in the proper position and he's a try hard blocker. So you passable mm. in line at times, but I think the yak element is the thing that, like, he's a. San Francisco 49er, New York Jets style tight end, right? We're in that Kyle Shanahan tree that likes to get the tight ends in space a little bit on just some easy slide routes and delays. Like that's this type of football player, man. So not in love with him, but in the right role as a tight end two or maybe low end starter in two or three years, I think that Sam Laporta has a lot of redeeming traits. So I have him as my tight end five. Before we continue on with this video, I just want to tell you folks about an exciting new partnership that we have with this channel with Underdog Fantasy. Ever since I joined, I've been having so much fun. There are so many different exciting games that make watching games during the offseason more exciting. I'm not the biggest basketball fan, but it has made it way more entertaining since I found Underdog Fantasy. And my favorite game to play so far, which I think you should try out, is Pick'em. It is so easy to play. Just pick higher or lower on your favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it simple. With their easy-to-use website and mobile apps, pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use code HACK, H-A-C-K, 
hack, like the name of this channel, use code hack to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by underdog. Go sign up. You won't regret it. You're going to have a blast. Check out underdog fantasy. I also want to tell you folks about our other reoccurring sponsor that we have on this channel, that being bet online, betonline.ag, which is all the updated odds, news, and anything for sports betting. It's my go-to source for when I want to be betting specifically on games. I love betting on college basketball or the NBA, uh, especially again during the offseason. Always looking for more fun ways to be uh, focused in on some of these other sports. It's betonline.ag and use promo code BELIEVE50. It's promo code BELIEVE50 to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Yeah, Laporta, I think in general in this class, is somebody who kind of floats in the rankings in general overall. Um, I, I feel like I've seen him in a wide different of spaces, but him him to be at five for you, I think makes a lot of sense because there is that cluster of guys from like five to nine yep. that are going to be consistently shuffled around. And you can't go wrong with picking an Iowa tight end. You know, even if <laughs> yes. a, a guy isn't as tight, talented as, a, as George Kittle might have been or um, as TJ Hawkinson was, don't forget about Noah Fant, oh, man. And Noah Fant, he's still probably getting a pretty good good football player. He's not an, exactly a first-round player, but you know, definitely a, a projectable player at the least. So you said at number four, you have Luke Musgrave, who we just talked about. Yes. Uh, yep. My number four, who I think that I'm probably guessing you have him as your number three, is Darnell Washington from Georgia. Look, I was pretty juiced up watching Darnell Washington because mm-hmm. I, I watched him after the combine. He puts up the numbers, and I'm thinking like, oh, wow, I was expecting this to be a big lumbering kid. And I go and watching the film knowing that he's a much better athlete than we anticipated, and that's what I got. He moves really freaking well for a guy who is listed at 6'7", 270, and he plays exactly you'd like like him to play at that size profile. Really good blocker. Really yeah. good blocker. He is somebody who is able to eliminate, is the way that I wrote down in my, my little report on him, he eliminates defensive backs and linebackers when he reaches the second level and is able to pick up those guys. Um, I will say that he's not the greatest route runner. He also does not create a lot of natural separation as a result. Uh, he is not somebody who is going to be super explosive linearly, but he does have some quality acceleration for his size, as we saw with that 40 time that he posted. But the other thing, too, that I love about him is the hands. Like yeah. he made that goofy catch during the combine where he just plucks the ball out of the air. On air, was on, air on air, on yeah, air, on, sure, on air. Sure, but he sure. did it in games. There were times where he did it in games. Not often, but there was one play, I think it might have been the Vanderbilt game, that he did that, that he plucked the ball out of the air with one hand. Great, com- and he made it great competition easy. level against Vanderbilt. Great competition level. I, I I'm know, just messing but I'm with just you, saying I'm just that messing. I'm just messing. There is physical evidence of how strong and big his hands are, which I love. Now, the one thing I know that you are about to say about Darnell Washington, which I agree with you why I kept him at four, is that he doesn't have enough production to know if that production translates to the next level. There is a lot of projection here, a lot of projection. And I think at the very least, if he plays up to his floor, he is going to be somebody who is a really good second tight end who might catch like five or so touchdowns and is a really good blocker. And that's why I like him where he is. Like that's that's value. I don't want to get too hyped up on the physical traits if he doesn't live up to those expectations. Joe, I goofed up a little bit here, man. I goofed up a little bit. You want to hear why? 
Why? Because I left someone off my list accidentally. So Sam Laporte was oh, actually my number no. six. He was actually my number six tight end in this class. So who who are you supposed to include? So Luke Musgrave is number five for me. Like to just redo this list real quick. Number four for me is Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, which I know some people are going to push oh. back on it tremendously, oh. which I'm fine with. Dalton Kincaid is a very good football player, man. Good football player. You know, he 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 does have some flexibility getting out of breaks. I think it's a little bit overstated just how smooth he is, but he's a pretty smooth, solid mover. He wins in the air tremendously well. Probably the best hands in this class of any tight end, in my opinion. Like, he plucks the ball mm-hmm. consistently. I just think that the athletic profile that people talk about is a little bit overstated with with a Dalton Kincaid. I don't think he's the straight-line athlete like people are talking about he is. Every time I felt like I saw him win, it was winning in the air, which tells me what? He's attached to a defender, which means he did not create a bunch of separation with his foot speed, right? Which is just a little bit backwards, in my opinion. So I think that his straight-line speed is solid and sufficient. It's on a solid level. I think that he plays the ball tremendously well in the air, has great body control, doesn't offer me anything as a blocker, man. Like, absolutely zero as a blocker. I don't think he's a great after the catch. He's, like, okay after the catch. So I'm missing a little bit with Dalton Kincaid. I still think he's going to be a solid player, eventually a starter in the NFL. Good football player, man. Like, I, I, I think he's like a Vance McDonald type of football player. Like, good. You know, like a good, solid NFL tight ends. But I, I don't think that I see star potential. I definitely don't see first-round pick like people are kind of projecting. I think Dalton Kincaid's a good football player, but I'm missing it with him a little bit. So he's four for me. Uh, I I get Dalton Kincaid, and I have him – I admittedly have him ranked higher. Yes. I have him placed uh, a little bit higher on my list. You- I'm not as crazy over him, I think, as the general public is. I don't understand – the hype that the tight end one on thing him, that doesn't make any sense to me because I don't I don't fully see a guy who ends up being that dominant yeah more dominant than Michael Mayer I do see a really good flex tight end oh, I do see a guy good, that, that plays well in, no doubt pl- plays very well in space why would I value those the way that I look at this why would I value a guy who I don't think can play consistently along the line of scrimmage over somebody who can like right. that's that's where I'm at with I, with Dalton Kincaid. I see the potential production from him. Yeah, uh, and I the one thing I agree with you though definitely is that not having testing numbers bugs the hell out of me with Dalton Kincaid. Yep, because I don't think he was that great of an athlete as everyone has painted him to be, and I think a lot more people will come down to earth on him if we got a four sevenths or so time from him Agree. in the 40. You, you know what I think the upside is of him, Joe? Like if he hits and he's in the right situation, he can be a Zach Ertz-ish type of, type of tight yeah. end, you know? Like, yeah. well, I, I don't think that he's going to average an incredible yard per catch, but he's going to have short hands. He's going to be very dependable, but he's not going to block a lick. And that's one thing about Zach Ertz is Zach Ertz has never blocked in, in, in Philadelphia in Arizona, he's never that's never been his game. But a, a good flex tight end. I can agree with that on that. I can agree. Okay, so that was you gave your that you was gave four. Your six, five, that and was four. four. Yes. So I'm gonna go to my number three now. Okay. Who on my list, here's the controversial one. I have Tucker Kraft, the South Dakota State tight end, as my number three. Look, I know that Tucker Kraft missed some time due to injury this past year. I at least though, when he came back was reminded of why Tucker Craft was getting buzzed as an underclassman from an FCS program at South Dakota State. Yeah. He is the Walmart version of Michael Mayer. And there's <laughs> positives to that. I need I need to 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 establish that here. 
I'm not saying that he's bad. When I say he's the Walmart version is that if you can't get Michael Mayer, you can wait a little bit and you can get Tucker Craft because Tucker Craft to me is the well-rounded blocking receiving tight end that does both things really, really well. And I think also has room for significant improvement. He is a very high effort blocker. I think he needs some refinement in his technique, but very high effort, which I absolutely love. Uh, I think that he's got great aggression and an intent to finish as a blocker, which is fantastic. There was the North Dakota State game. He was hell bent on killing those North Dakota State players, which was just got me so juiced up. And I wrote that down in my assessment on him. I think that he's also a, a great accelerator, great route runner. I think he moves well. He tested with some pretty strong numbers, but was not given as much attention because of the Darnell Washingtons and the Zachary Kuntzes of the world, uh, justifiably. But he is still a very strong athlete for the tight end position. And I think eventually with those traits, as he saw being a high-volume player at South Dakota State, he can become and be a high-volume player in the NFL eventually. So this is somebody who has the upside to become a go-to starting number one tight end. Tight end three for me, Joe, is Tucker Craft, South Dakota State. Oh, we're on the same page. Wow. I was, well, you told, I remember I texted you or we were talking once and you're like, oh, wow, you're really high on, on uh, Tucker Craft. That's a hot take. Well, I I mean, because you had had him, (laughs) I think you had him like very high at one point, man. Didn't you? Didn't you have like tight end two at one point? I thought like you had him. No, I've always had him as tight end three. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I apologize. But I mean, look, you just stole one thing that I've said before in the past, though, is I said that he is the, B minus version of Michael Mayer. I have said that in the past, right? You said dollar store. That's very disrespectful. Like we, you don't Wal- get it. Walmart, Walmart. You, you, you get good Wal- shit at Walmart. Nah, do you I know? said Walmart. You can get some good stuff at Walmart. Yeah, but then you had to walk. <laughs> you had to walk past a lot of very strange people when you walked to, going to Walmart, though. So yeah. okay, All yeah, right. <laughs> that's fair. Fair, um, fair. Okay. Um, no, but I, I echo a lot of the sentiment that you said, Joe. I mean, he is. What was it? Six four and six ace, I think, was what Tucker Craft came in at. He was mm-hmm. a bigger guy. Six four and six ace, two fifty four, thirty two and three quarter inch arms, ten inch hands. That, that that checks out, right? That checks out. Four six nine in the forty. Ran well, tested well, dude. For me, he is a physically imposing force on the FCS level. They use him in such odd ways sometimes, man. It's like they they use slide routes and stuff, but they'll also throw him like yeah. screens. They'll give him jet sweeps. Like they use Tucker Craft. He's the best athlete on the field. <laughs> he is the best athlete on the field, man. And South Dakota State knows it. Everybody that plays South Dakota State knows it. So Tucker Craft is that dude for them. Physical, though. After the catch, brings some tackles. Really physical yak player. I think he's a good straight line athlete. I think he's really good above the rim. He can win through contact. I think he's got some skills as a route runner that are still developing, but I think it's definitely there. And he can work in line, man. Like he is a he is one of the better blockers in this class. Is it is it refined? No. He's more just stronger than everyone. He's just kind of bullying some dudes at times. Mm. But like Michael Mayer in that similar sense, he has upside as to be a plus blocker at the next level. So I'm there, man. I'm there with Tucker Craft as tight end three. I think that he is a very solid second round player. I think he's going to be a starting tight end at the next level. I think he's going to be a very good football player. I He is in the same caliber of a Dallas Goddard that came out a few years ago at South Dakota State. Like They are the same type of fo- – well, not type of football player, but they're the same caliber of prospect, yeah. and Dallas Goddard went in the second round. So, Ryan, I already gave my number two. I said that was Dalton Kincaid. We don't need to keep yeah. diving back into him. Who is your number two tight end? I don't know Washington is number two, Joe, and it's it's for a lot of the reasons that you hit on. I think that there's a really high floor with a guy like a Darnell Washington. You know, like he is a 
I don't even want to call him a number two tight end. He is a part of a tight end tandem at the next level that's going to play a lot of 12 personnel. You know, he does all the things that you need out of that blocking position. He is an extension of the offensive line. He is incredibly physical, plays with good pad level. Like, he is explosive. He can display some gaps in the run game. And he has a lot of traits where you say that's developmental in the pass game, right? But I think that it's a little bit wild right now that we're seeing him mocked as high as we are at times because there is some projection to him as a productive player in the NFL. I think he can win in a straight line at times. I think he can win above the rim consistently. Mm -hmm. But I just don't see enough separation on film, man. Like Everything's going to be a contested catch. And in the NFL, that's going to be a little bit more difficult to being consistent, right? But the things that he does that are at an elite level, He's an elite blocker. The minute he sets foot on the NFL field, he'll be one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL. And he has elite ability to win at the catch point. Those two things are very elite. Will the rest of the game round out? I have questions, which is why I think he's a little bit overrated at this point. But he's still my tight end, too, because at worst, man. It's so funny to say that. Isn't it, though? But he's a a really good football player. It's just I don't know if he's ever going to be a high-volume target in the passing game. I just don't know. I think he's going to be 40 catches for like 450, 500 yards consistently and like six touchdowns. Like, that's still good. It's just not – it's not ever going to be one of the best tight ends in the league, though, with those type of numbers. Like, it's good, though. It's Bubba Franks-ish, Mercedes mm. Lewis-ish, which are good football players in the NFL. Are they star pass catchers? No. Are they both very good all-around tight ends in the NFL, though? Yes, they are. And I think that that's what Darnell Washington could be. Red, I feel like what's more likely with Washington is that we'll actually talk about him a lot in the NFL as being a very high, a really good football player, but he won't, he'll never have the stats that'll be reflective of that. Like we'll constantly be like, yeah, Darnell Washington, man, he's like a top 10 tight end, but his stats are going to be, he's not going to statistically come anywhere near the top 10 tight ends in the NFL for receiving yards and touchdowns. He's just going to be one of those guys that, that blocks really well. And there's not a lot of really good blocking tight ends that also could maybe provide some jump ball opportunities. There's just right. there's just not. There's not a lot of guys like this. And even if he only goes for six touchdowns in those 500 yards, that to me is productive for a player like this. I, I think so. But I, I think for me, Joe, it's like we talked about the Rob Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez type of thing, right, as far as having a, a duo with tight ends. And it's obviously never going to be quite to that point, in my opinion. But I think Darnell Wash- like getting Darnell Washington with – Luke Musgrave would be fantastic, for instance, right? Because it's like Luke could be the guy that's the flex tight end, and then Dorno could play in line, and you could play some 12 personnel, and you could even do some other stuff where, like, you're not even in a traditional 12 personnel perspective, but, like, you have two tight ends on the field. Like, you can do that type of stuff. Even a Sam Laporta. Like, if you had Dorno Washington and a Sam Laporta was, like, your H-back, your second tight end that was kind of moving around, I think you just need to supplement some parts of the passing game with him. Like, I just don't think he's going to be a high-volume guy at the next level, but he's still going to be a really good football player because he's going to be mm. a great blocker and he's going to play a lot. Like, there's no doubt about that. I just question if he's ever going to be more than a 40-catch guy in a season, 45 catches in a season. I think he's going to be a good player, though, man, and it's no shot against Darnell. It's just I think that there's a limited ceiling of him as a passing game weapon at the next level because I just don't think he's going to be ever as high-volume as you need him to be to be that – top three tight end in football. Like, I don't think he's ever going to mm. be that type of guy. Now, a guy who we are very big fans of, who I think yes. could be a top three tight end in the NFL, is Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. No shock here that we are big Michael Mayer fans 
on this podcast. Look, everything that you want in a well-rounded starting tight end, Michael Mayer provides it. I think so many people and why we get on this hype train for Dalton Kincaid undervalue the importance of having a tight end who can block. Uh, I think a lot of NFL coaches are going to value that significantly, which is why he should be the first tight end selected aggressive, aggressive intent as a blocker. Like that's the biggest thing here. Why he is at the top of the list is that he's got the demeanor needs refinement on the technique, but is going to be a really good blocker in the NFL. Not as good as Darnell Washington, but a very good blocking tight end in the NFL where he continues to win is the strength. Now he's not somebody who linearly is going to be up the seam uh, and is going to blow past a bunch of receiver or uh, defensive backs. Rather instead he's got, Great short area quickness. He's got great feet. He's got great route running. He's got very consistent, strong hands. He checks every box. Like this is a guy who he might not be somebody who has ridiculous uh, yards per reception numbers, but he is going to catch a lot of passes in the NFL. And I've said this before. This is eventually a top five tight end in the NFL by his second year. That is how good that I project that Michael Mayer can be because he's already shown an ability to do it and has consistently been undermined as a talented tight end. Yeah, he is. Look, I think there's some conversation. And the reason I think he's underrated a little bit, Joe, is because he's not a flashy player, right? Like there's nothing sexy about his athletic profile. He's not like a four or five athlete. He's not a guy that's going to, you know, vertical 40 plus inches. Like he's not like that type of dude. But I really think we're missing the boat with Michael Mayer. And not you and me, obviously, but for some people, I think we're missing the boat. But Michael Mayer's just good at everything he does, man. And like that matters, right? Like, what's the limitation of his game? And when I say that to people, they say he has short arms. I'm like, okay, well, where does that hurt him in on the fields? And there's always crickets in the room, right? Because you're like, he wins at the catch point as well as anyone in this class. He yeah. does. He has strong hands. He's got a couple concentration drops because he's trying to turn up field too quickly, but it's not like a lack of hand strength concern, right? It's just the lack of like, hey, man, make sure you got the ball before you start running, right? Like that's a different – that's a correctable thing. He has good effort in the run game. He got tremendously better in the run game during the course of the season too. Early in the season, wasn't great. Like it was okay. Later in the season, I thought he was very good as a blocker, man. I thought he did really well for Notre Dame down the stretch of the season. He's got some yak ability. It's not going to be the pretty type of yak, but it's going to be – you know, the physical break tackle type of guy. Like he's not going to make guys miss as much as like a George Kittle can, for instance, like those types of guys, man. But he's just a really good all around football player. And I think we undervalue that. And this kid's going to be a <sighs> made this comp before Joe. And it seemed like people are low on this guy for some reason, but like he's a Jason Witten type of player, in my opinion, you know, like he's going to be a 80, 90 catch t- tight end in his peak, 900 to a thousand yards you know, six to seven plus touchdowns, and he's going to be a really good blocker. And you're going to be like, wow, you know, he didn't average 14 yards a catch, but like. Right, he might he, only average seven, but he catches every ball, and he's picking up first seven. down. Seven. I, I'm, I'm like trying to be really hyperbolic. conservative with that number. Hyperbolic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> gotcha, yeah. No, man, he's, but like he might only be a 10, 10 and a half yard per catch guy. Like that might be only what he is, right? So it might take a higher volume to get him to a thousand yards than, a Kyle Pitts, for instance, what he did when he was a rookie. But at the end of the day, man, he's going to keep the change moving. He's going to be physical. He's going to be consistent. And those things I think were undervalued with Michael Mayer, and I think he's going to be a great football player on the next level. Truly do. By the way, I have to throw this out there. So yesterday I did a uh, just a quick mock draft for the Believe account, 
And I projected Michael Mayer to go to the the Patriots, and it's really funny the Patriots fans who were upset over this pick. You guys forget who your head coach is. You guys forget who your offensive coordinator is. You know damn well that if Michael Mayer is on the board, this man is a New England Patriot. Like sign the check, the contract, whatever. This guy's going to the Patriots if he's on the board still. I, <laughs> who's, I don't get who's it. Even, who's even on the Patriots at tight end now? I'm, I'm looking uh, this up right now. Hunter, the, oh, Hunter, they have Hunter Henry, Hunter and Mike Sicky. I think I might get sicky too. Yeah, I, I like I. I don't know if I, I don't think that there's a lot of an expectation that Hunter Henry's is still the same player that he once was. You know, like he's really tailed off, and he also has never really lived up to that hype that we thought that Hunter Henry was. Yeah, you know, you, you know, it's an easy pick, Joe. If he gets a Green Bay, I think he's a Green Bay Packer pretty easily, man. You should go look Even, at Green Bay's tight end room, man. That room oh, is it's terrible. Off. I think their only tight end on 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 contract right now, under contract right now, is um Josiah DeGuara. I think is the only tight end they have under Jeez. contract. So well, hopefully, yeah. uh, Jordan Love can find him. <laughs> well, that's that remains to be seen, man. But that it remains to be seen. Yeah. It'll All be right. a nice safety blanket for Jordan Love. Then, yes, today, which is why they should draft him. Yes. That's good enough to wrap us up on, folks. Thank you for tuning in at Joe DeLeon, at Rising Draft. Hit that subscribe button. Don't miss out. We're coming so close to the NFL Draft. We'll be back with more. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.